So it's become tradition where I guess that I'm supposed to edit out the beginnings of these podcasts, but I just don't. Gives a homemade feel. Exactly. So the audience always just, I guess it's going to become a tradition where, yeah, this is a little tidbit, the prequel, you know, before the introduction, which is... Welcome to the Above Average Joe's podcast. I'm Anthony Garcia, and I'm here with a co-salutatorian and a bunch of other things that I don't even know about yet, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> because this man is one of the, is actually the first guest I'm having on the show that I'm not very already familiar with. So this is going to be kind of exciting, because I get to learn more about you now with this. So, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone in between, I welcome Alexander Olixson to the show. Welcome, man. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hell yeah. So, you've always been a very interesting person <laughs> on campus. First of all, you're tall and you're ginger and you have a crazy last name, Olexin. Is that, I believe that's um, from like European descent? Ukrainian. Ukrainian? Yeah. Uh-huh. My uh, dad's side of the family is all Ukrainian. He, he was born here, but all of his uh, four siblings were born in Europe. So, I have a lot of Ukrainian heritage oh, on that side. Yeah. Do you, can you speak? No, I I tried <laughs> to learn a couple of times, and I know a few words, right. um, but that's about it. Nothing I, to like actually survive in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> if your... I if I went there, it would be a struggle for the first Damn. at least couple of weeks. You, from what I saw, from the outside looking in to you, right? You are a man of a lot of very interesting talents. I would say. <laughs> You had a very, okay, working with you in theater, right? This is the first time I actually genuinely just got to, like, work with you one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one was yeah. senior year theater. And you just had this mentality of just, like, you're quiet. You didn't talk to everybody. But when it was time to talk to someone, you were, you were happy. You were communicative. You got your work done. You knew what to do. And you didn't cheap out. You weren't shy to do what it was. And that was such a contrast to how you were outside of the stage. Like, just sitting down listening. You were quiet, and then suddenly, boom, time to get loud, time to act. Yeah, it was definitely interesting coming into uh, a theater class, having never done professional theater <laughs> or anything like that before. Right. I, uh, I came in as a honor student uh, in the honors section of right. the class, having never done anything, but basically begging the theater teacher to, <laughs> hey, I, I need a honors credit to keep my GPA up. And I also want to do theater because I've been interested in it since freshman year. I just mm -hmm. have never gotten around to it. And so going in, I, I remember the first day being sort of nervous saying, right. I, these people obviously <laughs> know each other really well. Yeah, they, there's, there's a strong bond mm -hmm. in theater. It, it's scary kind of because I remembered... Before, I was always in theater classes, but I was never, like, with the theater kids. So when I finally took my first step into their world, it's very close-knit community. It's very hard to get into that. And it's kind of stupid, to be honest. Uh, we're, we say we're inclusive, but they don't, they're don't. they a very exclusive group. Yeah, I, tell. I, I feel like I never, because I never did one of the productions, mm -hmm. I was just in the class, I never really got into it. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they were very friendly when I got yeah. there. They they almost treated me like I'd been there forever, even mm -hmm. though I hadn't, because I felt very welcomed in by everybody. And that helped me a lot, I think, to be more confident once I started actually doing performances mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And you were good, I think. I mean, for just starting out, yeah. Thank I, you. You did a lot better than what I've seen like in intermediate theater or even some of the other actors in advance, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, definitely looking at people in that advanced class help uh -huh, because yeah. it's looking at people doing it well and sort of taking that and applying it to what you're doing helps out a lot. And you know what? That kind of mindset, that adaptability you have, is, I'm pretty sure it's probably very, very useful when it comes to all classwork. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've always considered myself more of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of guy, because <laughs> I've done a lot of things, and I never really stuck with one thing to mm -hmm. become really, really good at it. Mm -hmm. um, like, I know a lot of people do with certain things, whether it be sports or uh, instrument or singing or theater or right, something right. like that. I always wanted to do more things than just one, so I could yeah. never really dedicate all of my time to one thing. 
I mean, the problem with dedication, like mastering one thing, is that suddenly your world just becomes that one thing. And if you're okay with that, like, like all right, props to you. But the world has a lot to offer. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things out here. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's pretty nice to just dip your toe in every little pool you can find. Yeah, I definitely, that, that was part of the reason is I didn't want to limit myself, especially because, you know, if you want to do basketball professionally or something mm-hmm. like that, and so you dedicate all your time to something like that, if one little thing goes wrong, you get hurt, you miss oh, your yeah. senior season because of COVID <laughs> or something like that, yeah. where it you spent all this time working towards this one thing and then a small thing makes it so that you can't do that anymore. Yeah. You want to have some kind of backup. And mm-hmm. so that's that's another reason why I never really stuck with one thing, even though something like basketball or another musical instrument or something like mm-hmm. that, I would enjoy giving more time to. Right. But it's just that hard commitment. It's just not very secure for that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So right now, where are you studying at? I'm going to be at Barrett, the Honors College at Arizona State University. Oh, all right. How's that like? I mean, I wasn't there right. for the entire first year. <laughs> I was doing all my classes online. But so far, it's it's been really great. I've taken a couple of the uh, required classes that mm-hmm. all of the students in the honors class have to take. One of them is uh, the human event, which is basically a class on reading texts and um, analyzing them and writing about them at a higher level. And mm-hmm. so it's meant to help you with classes that you take all throughout college. Uh, so then they, you get adjusted to that kind of work. Exactly. Yeah. And, and reading stuff, reading texts at that higher college level. Right. Um, so they have all of the honor students take that at the beginning of their freshman year. And then again in the second semester. Um, and so that, that was really, really great to, um, get into a college atmosphere without actually being on campus (laughs) because going from ending high school all online to starting college all online was definitely really (laughs) weird because it, it almost was like high school never ended. But some of those classes where I was meeting new people, Mm -hmm. even though it was just over zoom and doing higher level work helped to at least a little bit feel like I was actually a college student and not just continuing high school. And then you're going to need that. So you're going to be ending, you're going to end up moving out to campus. Yeah. In in just a couple days, I'll be leaving for Arizona and getting into the heat. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I caught you for this podcast before you went. You're going to be in Arizona. That heat, man. Good I'm, luck. I'm I'm definitely nervous, yeah. but um, I'll be inside a lot at the <laughs> beginning, and then hopefully once summer starts to ease up a little bit, I'll be able to really experience um, all of the. Because I definitely want to do a lot of um, sports and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so uh, I still need to look into that a little bit more. But I, mean, I don't know how much of that I'll be able to do <laughs> if it's a hundred every day. Man, so. Um, what are you going to school for, though? Right now, statistics. Statistics. Um, so they don't have a um, actual degree specifically for statistics. So right. I'm technically mathematics statistics, uh, but there's a lot of people that are doing that. So I've seen several people in some of the classes that I'm taking for my major, and they mm-hmm. always say like stats, not math stats. What's so. attractive about stats for you? I've always liked math, right. and I took my first pure stats class in high school, and I enjoyed it, and I. I like that there's sort of a simplicity to stats. I feel like more, even more so than other math fields because math by itself is already sort of a very, not, I don't know if simple is the right word, but you can always find an answer yeah. and there's usually a right answer versus something like English where you have a question <laughs> that is really open-ended and you can answer it a lot of yeah. different ways, which provides for a lot of opportunity for creativity and stuff like that. But I, I've always sort of preferred when I can find that, yes, this is the right answer. You, you like finite solutions. Yeah, I, I like both, but I definitely prefer the sort of finite mm. solution type of question. So that's one of the things. Um, and then also I think that stats has a lot of different avenues that you can go into. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I don't really know what I want to do yet. <laughs> so having having options is definitely a plus. Yeah. Right so now. You, you don't really know what you want to do, but you're getting a degree that's going to be like, hey, you can still you have all these open ended things where it's like if you majored in in theater theater major. I mean, <laughs> good there, luck, there's you know? not a whole lot of room for uh, differentiating not with that. a very flexible degree to get. Mm-hmm. That's why becoming a theater major is probably like one of the worst decisions to do if you want to pursue theater. 
in my humble opinion, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Coming from a theater. Do it as a, yeah, coming from a theater kid, don't do it. I did it for a bit. Not worth it. If you want to do theater, it's got to be a little side hustle. And if it, your little side hustle grows, do it. So yeah. when getting this more, you know, proper, more reliable degree, you feel safe in that. Yeah, I think that a lot of employers these days are, if you get a degree that even if it's not something that applies to the job that you're applying to, you can mm-hmm. show them, hey, I went to school, I, I have commitment, I've studied, I know how to do high level work and stuff like that. And so having any kind of degree, I think helps. Um, and then even if I don't end up going into stats, if I do mm-hmm. something that's sort of related to stats, so if I go into some kind of math or I go into some kind of data science, because data science was something else that I was interested in doing, um, I've, I've shown that I can do high level work like that. Good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is really interesting here. Like, I'm so glad you're on this podcast right now, especially <laughs> not even that to you, but also like who I had before you, because before you was that I don't have the podcast on air. Like currently right now, mm. it's not, I'm not uploading it till next week, but this person was very much against the schooling system, against like what college represents and what you end up getting for that. And then to come from that and then to jump onto you, who's very much this is what I'm doing, and you've, you're, you feel secure in this, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to study at a high degree because you're not just at school for school. You actually know what you're doing, and you know that you can do it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think you very much have the mental fortitude to just get your shit done. Yeah, I, I think there's, over the last several years, there's been a bit of a pushback against sort of mm-hmm. higher formal education. Yeah. From people saying, well, you know, there's always uh, other avenues. College isn't for everybody. And I, I agree with that. I don't think college is for everybody. But as, for, as speaking for someone who college is for you. Yeah, exactly. Let's get this, let's get this perspective going. Yeah, I've definitely, from, from a young age, college was always sort of my plan, sort of goal for me. And so it's, when I talk to people that, say, you know, I don't think college is really for me. Um, I'm going to go do straight into work or something else Mm -hmm. like that. It's sort of hard for me to relate to that because I've never really felt that way. Uh And so obviously they, they're free to do whatever they want. And I, I will support them if they're a friend of mine that they decide not to do that. It's just difficult for me to get into that kind of mindset. In what ways, in what ways do you think they, okay, so you're going to college for what to your job or a healthy career or sustainable life like what what's the end goal i mean that that's sort of a great question because i don't know maybe it's just because it's always been that college is what comes after high school and then after right. college is a job you've never um, been exposed to other possibilities yeah exactly yet at least yeah and um i think college also provides opportunities that aren't mm-hmm. just going to school and getting yeah, yeah. i think that um, being on campus and having sort of a college experience, you can grow a lot just as a person mm-hmm. um, outside of the classroom. Uh, and I think that that is something that I I also wanted to get. I also wanted to go for the college experience. Yeah. So it kind of sucks that I missed my whole first year. <laughs> but. You'll get three out of the four, you know? Mm-hmm. I think one of the most attractive things about college, in my opinion, that people don't really pay attention to is that the college experience and being around like-minded people, yeah. when you're in these classes, you get to choose to actually be in. Most of the time, most of the time, you're <laughs> in those classes with other people who had the same decision. And then you get to talk to these people. You get to study and work with these people. It's, that's that's awesome. And only college gives you that. Yeah. In I, high school, you can somewhat get in electives and clubs, but not to the degree college offers. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that's another reason why I decided to go to Barrett instead of just going to Arizona State. What's the difference? So the Barrett um, students have access to um, their own dorms, uh, some of their own dining halls, some of their Mm -hmm. own classes that are just honors classes for honors students. And Mm so even more than being on your college campus with college students, you're in an honors college where you're with students that also wanted to pursue a little bit more rigorous academically uh, and they wanted to kind of set themselves apart from 
um, other college students. And so you get a little bit more of that sense of community that way as well. That's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) That's Uh pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool actually because you're surrounded by people who just want to be better. They want to do the most. Mm -hmm. That's sick. Yeah. Honestly, it's sick. You still get, because you're at a big school like Arizona State, you still get a lot of the um, opportunities for um, big sporting events and um, nice fields and all the kind of amenities that come with a big school Mm -hmm. while you still get sort of maybe a smaller school vibe from being in the honors college. Yeah. Okay, you got kind of like a perfect deal here then. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I I spent a lot of time trying to decide where I wanted to go. um, And I think that uh, I'm pretty happy with the decision that I ended up with. Damn. See, because most people that I know, they ended up going to some West Coast university. and But you went to Arizona. That's so... Okay. But you found a pro- specific program and situation that favors what you wanted. Yeah. You're uh-huh. actually taking advantage of this college world and academia in general. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Good. And I, I have family in Arizona, too, which is another reason why I decided mm. that um, I wanted to go to Arizona State because um, I'll have... A bit of a safety net. Um, if things don't go my way or something like that, <laughs> I'll have people there um, to support me and that kind of thing too. But I definitely, I, I agree that a lot of my friends from high school decided to go to uh, UC schools <laughs> or um, the community college here or stuff like that. And so I, I'm one of the only, I might be actually the only one that's not going to school in California because I have a couple of friends that are going to school in Northern California, right. but it's still... California. Yeah, so California. Yeah, um, so they're farther than San Diego, but I feel like it's less of a change of pace than mm-hmm. going to Arizona. So oh, yeah. it, it might be a bit of a culture shock for me, um, <laughs> a bit of a heat shock. Oh, for sure. Weather shock, for sure, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I, I think that is sort of also a bit of my personality is I, I like not going sort of the traditional way a little oh, yeah. bit. I like... At- Having a way to stand out, I guess. My friend, that is very apparent. That's very apparent. And that's why out of all, like, considering going, okay, thinking back to high school, let's just say, like, the honor roll kids, AP kids, kids who were all the AP classes, or top, let's just say top 20, all right? Out of all of them, I wanted to talk to you the most. <laughs> well, thank you. Because you stood out. Not because of how smart you were or whatever. You stood out. You Like, as you said, you're a jack of all trades. And that's very apparent. You, you're you just this character. And I was like, man, I got I to gotta understand this guy's brain. I got to actually take time to just one-on-one conversation with this guy. And yeah. I'm glad we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. The uh, Like you said earlier, the being super tall and the ginger. Yeah. Is, <laughs> helps. Um, Physically different and char- personality. Very different as well. Mm, yeah, I think I went to a pretty small middle school, um, mm-hmm. and so it was easier in a class size of only 120 kids to kind of find ways to stand out more so than uh, you would at uh, a big, big middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that sort of set me up for not not so much caring about um, going with the flow, I sort of uh, was okay to do things that weren't traditional, you know? And like so, what? like, I don't know. I, going into high school, I, I didn't expect to be taking all honors classes. I didn't expect mm-hmm. to be um, trying for uh, valedictorian or salutatorian, but it sort of just ended up that way. And so, <laughs> I, I think that I, I never wanted to set myself up for a boring high school experience. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to be a total bookworm. I wanted to go out and do stuff. I wanted to be able to take classes that I wanted to take, like theater and um, participate in a lot of clubs and stuff like that. And um, that, I think, helped set me apart from other students that the school was sort of their main thing, which it Mm -hmm. was for me, but I... But you took it... You you did it differently, man. Yeah, I, I made an effort to do things outside mm-hmm. of the classroom as well, I guess. It's very apparent. I must uh, tell the audience about this. Nearly, I would say, nearly every Halloween at high <laughs> school, this man had, like, top 10 best costumes out of the entire ca- 
campus like every year for sure i think uh our senior year you did um something from kiss Is yeah the, gene, gene simmons the guitarist from that kiss. was sick Full, <laughs> yeah halloween is is my favorite holiday and um the costumes are definitely one of my oh, favorite yeah. parts of it i uh i like being able to um sort of take on a little bit of a different personality and i think that's part of the reason why i was drawn to theater mm-hmm. um because you get to sort of express yourself in a way that you don't um usually and mm-hmm. um you know, you have different types of personalities based on who you're with. Yeah. You, you're probably a different person with your parents than you are with your friends and stuff like that. Um, and so getting to uh, express a different side of myself um, in public at school um, by kind of putting on this costume, um, I think that is part of the reason why um, I enjoyed that so much. Yeah, man. It's, oh, it's admirable. It's honestly very admirable. And would you say you've been... Okay, so your your friend group, the people you've always basically been around, the people you've always been taking some influences from, regardless if you want to or not, mm-hmm. they've stayed the same since your entire like basically school career. Well, I had um, because I went to a smaller middle school. I didn't go to the middle school that most kids from my elementary school went mm-hmm. to. I had to find a lot of new friends at that middle school, um, and so I sort of have two different sets of friends. I have my friends that I've kept from middle school and I have uh, my friends that I either met or reconnected with at high school because mm-hmm. uh, I went to the high school that the middle school I didn't go to sort of fed into. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the kids that I went to elementary school with went to my same high school. And so I got to reconnect with them after not seeing them for three years. Um, and so I guess I, I definitely have some friends that I've kept from elementary school all the way through high school. I'm still friends with today. Um, but a lot of the high school friends that I made were through friends of friends or mm. um, just by being in a lot of honors classes. I was spending a lot of time in the classroom with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've, I definitely have had a, a core group of friends all the way through most of high school that I've kept even after high school ended. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I would say yes. But I also have a lot of friends that didn't come from um, really, really young. Okay. And I think that helps support this whole check of all trades personality you have you don't have what most of like how do i say this without being so like i don't know it's just obviously i think with every high school there's always like you know the smart kids the jogs football whatever 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 you know and they all you know they stick to their own group because that's kind of what human minds do we just tend to just be around those that we know are are comfortable and we share like-minded people perfect you have a very big mind. <laughs> you have a very specific set of moods, I would say. And it's a, it's a breath of fresh air, man. It is a breath of fresh air to just meet someone who's at this top tier, who's sh- like on paper should be a bookworm. But before the podcast, I had to stalk your Instagram to understand like what's going on. You can throw a card into an apple I think that's one of the. I think yeah. you tried that skill. Yeah, I like uh, I did a a thing over quarantine uh, where I tried to learn twenty four skills in twenty four hours. See, like, come on, who does that? Yeah, <laughs> who does that? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I would definitely consider myself a bit of a chameleon. I felt like there were very few people that went to our high school that I didn't feel comfortable at least having a, a brief conversation with. I never felt like there were people yeah. I was intimidated to talk to. I obviously I didn't know everyone, but I think yeah. that um I I was able to have a, a decent uh understanding of kind of who they are and stuff like that, um, without knowing them a lot personally. Yeah. I think a lot of the prejudices like coming back from the this last podcast I had coming a lot of the prejudice prejudices pre- prejudices people have with like the top 100 students so they always you know there's bookworms or whatever 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 they have against them for whatever reason and then also just like the lower ended kids who didn't do their grades well who got up mixed up in their own crazy shit that was going on whether it be like drugs parties whatever there's as me i kind of i've seen both worlds i've been in both i used to be really heavy on school and like class was my world, homework, tests, whatever, study time, that was my thing. And then you, and then I got thrown into a theater class and suddenly I'm exposed to 
kids who are not in honor classes, kids who are not in AP classes, kids who, for whatever reason, can't really focus on school as much as, you know, I could or other fellow honor kids could because of life or whatever reasons. They they can't go home to study properly. They can't, whatever, whatever reasons, you know, and being illuminated to these people and then talking to them and then being like, oh, those nerdy kids, oh, those bookworms or whatever, whatever names they had for us. It, it was just like, it's a, it's an eye-opener, honestly. And I started, I think you could, my family would say that's a downfall towards my academics, but I see it as an enlightenment of what I want to do with my life mm-hmm. and what I'm in control of. Because for the longest, like you or other, many, many other people, college is the way to go. High school, college, get a job, stay a job, there's life. And I was fine with that until suddenly I was like, wait, there's a lot of other things I could do. Yeah, I think the the more people that you um, meet and the more mm-hmm. experiences you have, you get opened up to a ton of new possibilities. And I think that um, because I, I have also sort mm-hmm. of seen a little bit um, of kind of the way people perceive people at um, like at the top of the GPA, you know, um, I, I think that it's not as uh, set in stone as a lot of people think it is. I mm-hmm. don't think there's these kids are straight bookworms um, and then everybody else is not or anything like that. Right. I think there's, it's definitely more of a spectrum. And um, I was friends with a lot of the other people that were at the top uh, of our class. Right. And so I get to know them outside of just the classroom because of that. And so they also have all kinds of interests like I do that aren't just in the classroom. And <laughs> so um, I definitely think that getting to meet people that you have uh, a certain view of can sort of definitely change the way you see them and, yeah. and you'll see them in a more true way than just by observing them mm-hmm. on campus at school. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're at school, it's going to seem like all they're doing is schoolwork because yeah. they're at That's school. The, yeah, we're at school, of course. Exactly. And so seeing them outside of that, um, I think, kind of breaks breaks down those um, opinions that you have of them and you can see them outside of just being a bookworm. You yeah. Know? It, it's, it's interesting seeing the sudden, like, revolution towards like people just being against that common mm-hmm. that common pattern that schedule that that guide if you yeah. will towards mm-hmm. college and i don't know if it's good or bad or just like I, if i shouldn't even care or anything i don't i don't know how to feel about it yet i think it's good that people are deciding that they don't have to do what's kind of expected of them mm-hmm. i think that anytime you have somebody that's um, questioning the status quo, that's good. And, um, I think it's all always up to whoever it is, if they think that college is for them, or they think that, um, a trade is good for them, or if they think that, uh, working and figuring out what they want to do is their path. Um, and I think that having more options is always better than having one path that Mm. you feel obligated to follow. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) there's nothing much more to that straight up yeah i agree it's a a pretty i feel like it's becoming sort of more common to to view it that way too i think that um it's not really a hot take or anything to say yeah give people options yeah you know so it's nothing wrong with just opening up the realm of possibilities for people Mm -hmm. it's just come on yeah damn (laughs) <laughs> because before the your choices were go to a big school or a small school, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that even something like Barrett sort of breaks down that first barrier too, where you get a small, small feel while being at a big school. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like after people started um, going, oh, well, what about like a trade school? I think that was sort of the next step as far as, you know, it's still kind of a, a next step, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's not a formal like university or college you're, you're learning a trade to do. Uh, and then I think, um, with the rise of, um, community college being paid for that sort of is starting to strip down the stigmas around going to mm-hmm. community college. Uh, cause I consider going to community college, um, just to save money. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately I decided that I wanted to, um, 
get that college being on the same school for four years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have that instead of doing two years of community and then transferring in and possibly not knowing anybody at the next school. Yeah, originally I was set on that plan for like the first year of college and then I eventually dropped out and now I'm going back to community when I move up to Washington. Um, But that whole idea of, oh yeah, just two years and then transfer up to a, a UC school. It's like, looking back, uh, should have probably just applied <laughs> to universities, honestly. But in hindsight, I didn't know if I actually wanted to go to one yet. I was still like, maybe I could just work it out my own way. Maybe just go that full beloved art heart, you know, mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to land these auditions, whatever, move to LA, try to be an actor. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I just, I decided, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Especially yeah. with COVID also and just told me like, nah, you can't. Yeah. COVID definitely threw a wrench into I mean, everything. Yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't a, a part of life that wasn't affected, I don't think. Mm. So, yeah, I, I can understand uh, changing your mind from COVID. For yeah, sure. of course. <laughs> how, how, did, how did COVID affect you, personally? I mean, I feel like I definitely didn't get hit as hard as a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still was living with my parents and my brother, and so I wasn't isolated like a lot of people were. Um, I have a good relationship with my parents and my brother, so uh, it was fine being with them, and mm-hmm. I really didn't mind the online school like a lot of people did. I, I didn't struggle with it. I know it's not for everybody, but for me, it was fine. Yeah, so it was fine. I, I consider myself very grateful. My, um, my parents were still able to keep their jobs mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. We weren't um, struggling financially good. through it. I'm glad to hear all of this, yeah, honestly. I, I definitely consider myself very fortunate um, to have had a relatively easy COVID. <laughs> <laughs> not Obviously not easy, but um, easier than I know a lot than of people most, have. Yeah. It, it's interesting, that COVID whole experience, there's going to be so many papers written about that whole <laughs> thing, about everything, Yeah, possibly everything. You probably might have to do a stats yeah, uh-huh. thesis on that maybe Defi- yeah, could. definitely a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot a lot to dive in. I think in the next several years, maybe even decades, we're going to be um, studying and um, learning more about the long term effects mm-hmm. of COVID and um, how we need to kind of adapt and how this has shown some weaknesses of kind of traditional society and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I don't want to say COVID was a good thing, but um, <laughs> it's definitely uh, had a couple of um, beneficial uh, yeah. outcomes. Yeah. It's, I was talking to an environmentalist last night, and we were talking about COVID briefly, and ignoring all the you know, horrible deaths and everything else, yeah. on a purely like environmental perspective, COVID was pretty awesome <laughs> for, for the yeah. world. Uh, it's just interesting seeing all these, yeah, you lose this, but you get this and this happens, but this happens, you know, it's very, very complicated. (sighs) It's complicated and it's controversial and it's all this other stuff that it's just, it is what it is, but yeah, rarely are things strictly black and white. Yeah. Which is awesome. In my opinion, I like, I like a good gray world. Mm -hmm. Keeps things interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So stats you're going to stats what what was what could have been a second possibly a second career you're interested in um well data science which is um still a possibility um because there's a lot of uh crossover between statistics and Mm -hmm. um data science um i also uh have considered being a teacher in the past really um but uh there's uh not a whole lot of money in it um which is teaching definitely. seems very like much a passionate job now yes. at this point. Yeah, you have to be very well. I don't know. I, I was gonna say you have to be very passionate, but then I was thinking of some of the teachers that I had in high school, and they oh, did yeah. not seem super passionate no. about their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think getting into it, you could be passionate about it, but maybe some people just don't have that drive to keep going after yeah. five years, ten years, fifteen, sometimes twenty. <sighs> Yeah, just just like anything, you you can get tired of it if you don't find ways to um, continue enjoying mm-hmm. it and keeping keeping it fresh. Got to keep that flame burning, you know. Yeah, uh, and I definitely think that uh, teaching is one of the hardest jobs you can have, especially when you're dealing with um, students that don't want to come to learn. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't I can't imagine how difficult it is to 
struggle to teach people that don't want to be taught. Yeah. I, and that, that's another thing that I don't know if I would be able to do just because I've always been interested in learning. I've, I've wanted to do well in school. And I think that I would struggle to relate to students that didn't have that mindset yeah. set into them when they were young. I think throughout high school, I took one college prep class and it was for Spanish and just seeing the complete oppositeness to like just being in like AP Euro compared to college prep one, two Spanish, mm-hmm. man, yeah. a whole different type of classroom vibe. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it, I found it way harder to learn a simple language, one, two Spanish, something that should have been so easy for me. It was so difficult just because the teacher had to stop every second because this kid is throwing a piece of paper over here and or or this kid is yelling or they're fighting here. It's just like, holy crap. No one, like these college, the kids who are just, for whatever reason, they're just stuck to the college prep classes. It's, I think it's pretty hard for them to get out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I took one college prep class, I think, too. My freshman year, I was in college prep geography mm-hmm. and I, I i 100% know what you mean it was definitely a completely different vibe in, yeah. in that classroom than in the honors classes and that was one of the reasons why i decided to keep taking honors classes mm-hmm. instead of kind of what i was planning or just taking whatever classes i wanted to because i i also found it harder to learn and harder to um, pay attention and yeah. get the information that you're trying to get from the class um so yeah it's Definitely. And I, I, I do feel bad for students that feel like they, they're they sort of trapped between wanting to be in an honors class, but um, not feeling comfortable going up to the next level. Yeah. Feeling I know, like they're not getting enough out of their college prep class. Without name dropping this person, I know a person who was, you know, got A's on all their college prep classes, whatever, but they never wanted to go to honors because they felt intimidated by A, the work, because they never taken an honor level class. They thought... Man, for them to get an A in college prep, they, they were like, wow, this was tough. This was hard. And so they don't understand that in an honors class, it's pretty, it's relaxed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's relaxed. You do get more, you know, critical thinking work, but it's easier, in my opinion, than the mundane repetitiveness of college prep yeah. assignments. I, I think that it's not as much of a difference um, as far as the actual workload goes. It definitely depends on the class. Yeah. Um, and I think... AP classes can also be, because we had a lot of classes, especially in the junior and senior year, I felt like there were, oh, man. you you either were in college prep or you were in AP. There yeah. wasn't an honors in between or anything like that. And people were intimidated by the AP um, test and by being in an AP class. And that's, the AP classes, I, I feel conflicted about because a lot of the AP classes right. were my favorite classes. But at the same time, it felt like, all you were doing was prepping for the test. Yep. And I think that's something yep. that the teachers struggled with too, where they want to be able to teach the subject, but they have to teach it in a way that's also preparing for this big test at the, the end of the year. college board, that, AP exams. Yeah, Man. that basically decides whether you got something out of the class just, just from the one test. And let's, so. let's get into this. <laughs> let's, let's rip into the college board a little bit. Cause, oh, please, um, yes. Did you, you took the AP exams for every AP class you were in? Yes. Yeah, I'm Did you sure. get a four on all of them? Did you uh, pass all of them? I, I passed okay. all of the ones I took, thankfully. Okay. Good. Yeah. But so. <laughs> I, I, I know several students that felt like they got a lot out of the class but didn't pass the AP test. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's tough. And Yeah, I know. Personally, I didn't pass the AP U.S. history uh, AP exam. Mm-hmm. I got a two. I was like, fuck. <laughs> but... I did get stuff out of the class, yeah. though. I enjoyed the class. I really did. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of things from that class, but very little of it is stuff that was on the AP test. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the um, the my favorite parts were from that class were stuff that wasn't AP-related, and I feel that, that way with a lot of the AP classes. Um, and then on top of that, even if you do pass the AP test, then there's not always a guarantee that you're going to get credit at the school mm-hmm. that you go to. I... I was lucky that Arizona State accepted almost all of my um, AP classes, AP tests for credit. Nice. But there were some that if I hadn't taken the AP test, it wouldn't have mattered because I didn't get credit from it anyway. So I took mm. AP Lit and I took AP Lang, but I only had to pass one of the classes to get credit for class. I didn't get really? credit for both of the tests because they were um, taking the same 
um, class in college mm, off of okay. my I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. List. yeah. Damn. And I think that a lot of the UCs were even worse where somebody could pass seven AP tests and only get credit at college for two of them. <sighs> that would suck. Yeah, and it's brutal. And I know senior wow. year, there were a lot of my friends that were looking at what they would get for if they passed the AP test. And they were saying, you know, I've either already gotten credit or I don't need to take this class anyway. So why would I take an AP test if I'm not getting credit for it? Hmm. And then that sucks when they have prepped the whole year for the AP test and then they don't end up taking it and they could have been spending that time in class learning more about the subject yeah, outside of the AP exactly. test. So uh, I definitely think that, I, I, th- I think that colleges are starting to even move away from standardized testing, college so. board, stuff like that. Cause I'm pretty sure they've, they've taken away SAT and ACT yeah. requirements from a lot of schools. And I think that AP tests are probably going to be next. So I, I think that there's, an opportunity there to um, find more subjects and find more teachers that are interested in the subjects outside of just the test. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think that it'd be nice if there is a way, because I, I'm, I'm super happy with how much credit I was able to right. take off um, just through the AP test. But yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I would not want to be the ones making the decisions <laughs> about all that. That sounds like a, a tough job. A lot of those AP classes, I felt, came down to... I wish, like, okay, AP Physics, my favorite AP class I ever took yeah. in high school. My, downright my favorite. AP Psych comes in a close second. But AP Physics, phenomenal. Love that class. Would take it again. The parts I hated the, the most, though, was when it was geared up towards, hey, we need to get ready for the... AP exam, yeah. not and it, the actual subject took a backseat of learning more about this interesting concept, maybe like rotational inertia or whatever. But it's like, no, we got to keep going because yeah. we got to get ready for the AP exam. This part of the exam is going to be here, maybe. And okay, that's another dumbass thing. The teachers don't actually know what's going to be on the exam yeah. <laughs> for the year. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they either they could straight up just miss. They could straight up not teach a certain subject or a certain section of the subject that's going to appear on the exam like um like hey there's a and b right now one of these are going to show up on the exam the teacher doesn't know which one nobody knows which one's going to show up mm-hmm. so the teacher teaches for a oh but surprise b is going to be on the t- exam yeah. That's kind of. I'm. I'm pretty sure up. that that ended up happening actually with the AP uh, physics exam for me. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was something that didn't get taught, but I think it was something at the end of the year that we didn't get to spend uh, didn't get to spend as much time on, and that ended up being a Dang. large portion of the test. And yeah, that's that's another tough thing about AP. Um, they have so much that they need to try to get through mm-hmm. that they can't spend the time they want to spend on stuff that is more interesting or that they want to dive more deeply into. They right. have to get through or at least try to get through everything. And one another issue I had with the AP exams, like just the cons or the general practice of it is that time limit. Cause I think everyone expresses their intellect in very different ways. And if one person, two people understand the same concept at the same deepness or depth, right? But one just needs a, like 10 more minutes to get it through. As a little bit unfair, because in the real world, you're not really struck down to those kind of crazy time limits, I would say. No. So that kind of, hey, you have 55 minutes to answer all these multiple choice questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, for me personally, I was fine with that. But to others who were absolutely smarter than me, but got worse scores because they couldn't finish on time, tough luck. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of crazy that. 10 extra minutes can make or break mm-hmm. your entire year in that class. Literally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's definitely not perfect. No, I would say at the state of the, how the AP exams function, you either get rid of them or they need a heavy, like just a redo overhaul, overhaul yeah. how uh-huh. it functions. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> and so what, what was the problem with the SATs though? I felt like that's kind of, well, game. It, uh, some of the same things where um, you're testing students in a timed manner. So uh, if you have a student that's not a great test taker or is a little bit slower, then they are going to have the same issues with the SAT and the ACT that um, the AP test has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the fact, I think, 
uh, a lot of people had problems with them because uh, you're testing a very specific type of knowledge. You're testing um, the ability for them to do well on the SAT or the ACT, not necessarily their general knowledge of those subjects Mm -hmm. because there's definitely certain types of questions that are, you know, SAT or ACT style questions that don't, they can't capture your entire um, knowledge on on a subject and so I think that's another reason why um, a lot of people were pushing for them to get removed from admissions there it's just the problem with these tests is that they're oversimplifying human knowledge and all these kids is like what they understand with the world what they know which is so diverse so crazy I mean there's people in high school who are not the brightest but man could they like create like man they knew how to build stuff you know mm-hmm. they knew how to sew clothes or make clothes entirely that's pretty impressive but for whatever reason they couldn't finish a book they couldn't read a 120 page book it's school wow there's a lot to say with this there's there's, <laughs> there's a lot here you could do a whole series on just school and talking about how school is set up and yeah education and that and kind of stuff coming fresh out of it for us too was relatively a year you know over yeah. but with how much diversity there is in this current generation I, I feel like school needs to start reflecting that more because school is very much aligned to those who can actually benefit from what it's got to offer mm-hmm. and really kind of screws over those who don't i mean the, some it's kind of bad to say but some people just work better with just a single trade you know they're good with their hands and they don't work well with school and for whatever reason they're just seen as lesser people because of that i would feel like and that's unfair yeah, yeah i think that's unfair and that that comes back to uh college isn't for everybody yeah uh, not everybody wants or needs to go to a higher university or college to pursue knowledge there's a, a whole world of uh stuff that you can learn about and not mm-hmm. all of it's going to be most easily learned at college yeah yeah and uh i definitely feel like i know people that are very very smart and just can't express it in to their best ability in a classroom Mm. um where they can't take a test super well and they can't um do their best work in a classroom where even though they're they're super super smart so yeah i i I definitely agree that college isn't for everybody, for yeah. sure. And that's a crazy problem that, yeah, it needs fixing, but, like, how do you even fix that? Like, yeah. what, what can you really do? You know, yeah. everyone wants to blame the school, but also, like, how you're going to expect schools to actually, like, accommodate for every single student? That's yeah. very, very, very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- <laughs> yeah, good luck. That, that's one of the benefits of college, though, for me, is that you have more opportunities for electives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one of one of the problems that I've had with um, kind of high school that I, I've had disliked for a long time is that um, you, you are sort of expected to have uh, a base understanding in uh, a wide variety of subjects, which is good, but I think you you're to the point right now in high school where you're expected to know more than is necessary. I think that if you had more opportunities for electives rather than um, having to do four years of English, four years of math, Mm -hmm. three years of science, and whatever else the the requirements were to graduate, I think that you would have a lot more diversity in students. You would have a lot more students excited to go to school, excited to learn about things that they are passionate about um, and that aren't one of those, you know, four core subjects. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of college is that you don't have to do that as much. You still have your general eds at Mm -hmm. pretty much every school, but you don't have to um, limit yourself to just those. There's a lot more time to take electives because I, if I had had more time in high school, there were a ton of other classes that I would have taken. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I didn't have room in my schedule and I didn't have the opportunity to get through them. And, uh, so that's another reason why that's I think tough. that, um, college is, um, beneficial is because you, you have the opportunity to study stuff that you're interested yeah. in. But like I said, not for everybody, not uh, for everybody, but college does allow 
certain things to be learned of that you can't really learn just off the street or off YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like method people can find these things, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Which is why I would I want to go back to college. There's some things that I can only learn at said colleges, you know, and yeah. I'm, or wow. you can learn best at college. Ex- yeah. And, exactly. and like you said, the being in that environment where you're with people. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why COVID was so hard for people was that you're not in the environment with people that you are in the classes with. Mm-hmm. So if you're online doing all of your work from home and you're going to a college that's not in your same state or even city for a yeah. lot of people, you're having to do it all on your own. You don't have people to kind of bounce ideas. You can do Zoom, but it's not the same. You're no. not in the classroom with them, you're not having conversations with them just yeah. generally about the class. You don't get to yeah. kind of struggle through it together. You're, mm-hmm. you're struggling on your own. That's why I like to do, when I started this podcast, I wanted to always do it in person. Yeah. I, I could easily just do it in Zoom and get a lot more people that way, but it's not the same. It's, you're it's you're really not sitting not across from somebody looking in their eyes yeah. and while you're talking to them. Exactly. You're not connecting with them on nope, a human not level. At all. You're, you're connecting with people over the internet, over just like an intellectual level, but mm-hmm. you, you don't get to be with them together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of the best creativity comes from. It's where a lot of the best work comes from. It's where uh, people are at their best when they're surrounded by other people, other people, yeah. especially people that are um, thinking the same way and passionate about the same things that they are. Something we take for granted. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's beautiful to collaborate with other people. Yeah, COVID definitely put a lot of things into perspective as far as stuff that we were taking for granted. Mm-hmm. Just basic social interaction, <laughs> I think, was taken for granted by pretty much everybody. And I think coming out of it, we're definitely going to appreciate um, the people in our lives a bit more than we were. Oh, yeah. It felt good to give someone who I wasn't like, who was in my immediate household a high five for the first <laughs> time. I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. people <laughs> you know? have, have basic contact with people Literally. without feeling like you know you're doing something wrong for mm-hmm. uh, for connecting with them but now we get to move on yeah future's here yeah you're going to college going going off getting to meet all new people what day you leave uh the 15th the 15th yeah which wow. is that's like five days away from literally morning, what's right? today is the 11th yeah <laughs> crazy I still, got, I still got a lot of packing to do. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Dang, that's exciting, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the closer it gets, the more um, nervous I get and the more yeah. I start to um, get uh, a little... I don't know if anxious is the right word, but I had a moment yesterday where it sort of hit a little bit more um, where you know I'm not going to see my parents for... A while, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on my own, living on my own, and I sort of had like a bit of an existential moment. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I I have this life. My life has been sort of tied to my family for so long, and now I'm getting to kind of have my own life outside of that, and uh, it's exciting and it's scary. Yeah, and of course. I think that's sort of the best combination. Mm-hmm. It's a necessary step in our lives. I feel. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm moving up to Washington in January. I'm not. I'm not afraid, but not yet. I'm not yeah. like four days well, out the moving we'll day see, like we'll you see. are. Yeah, <laughs> you're four days away. You're real I'm confident up. right yeah. now. But. <laughs> Give me some time. I'll probably record my like one of the last podcasts around that time. That's gonna last for a bit because I'm gonna be kind of limited who I could talk to up there for a bit. But <sighs> right now I'm in that honeymoon phase. I'm excited. I can't wait to go. But yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like when the day gets here, I can't see my family. I love my family. Can't. I'm not gonna be around a lot of friends. It's. It's gonna be kind completely of completely responsible uh, for your yourself yep. and taking care of yourself. Yeah. The main, the one thing keeping me grounded though, is that I'm gonna have my dog with me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna I mean, be good. <laughs> anything that you can bring with you to carry a little piece of home yeah. is, is good. I think that. Um, any any piece to kind of keep you grounded and keep mm-hmm. you remember your roots, I guess. Yeah, uh, that that'll definitely help. So it's crazy when I hear some people who could just straight up just leave and not look back. It's like wow. Yeah, that's that's wild to me. And I, I think that um, that's probably easier if you didn't have the best home life. Yeah, or you uh, never uh, felt no reason at, to stay. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
which you know isn't me, but I, yeah, I can, I feel for those that uh, feel obligated or feel like they sort of have to um, leave to kind of be themselves, mm-hmm. um, and I've never had that, and I consider myself fortunate to have uh, had a loving family and all that. You got, you got the good old role. Yeah, I guess on the lucky dice. Yeah, or mm-hmm. what we were born into. You yep. Got lucky. Very yeah. lucky. That's nice. Let's see. I saw something a little bit more personal matter. I saw you're in that group chat Kate made. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you in it too? Yeah. That's funny. I I I, I looked over and was like, okay, who who am I here with? Da, da, da. Oh. Wow, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I I just briefly scrolled through through the uh-huh. list of names and I uh, I didn't see yours, but that's that's I'm awesome. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh uh to kind of um, give me something to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and uh, stay connected to people back home when I leave. And um, the uh, the group chat that we're talking about is um, going to be uh, us trying to do some activities to practice better uh, attention and be more mm-hmm. kind of in the present. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for that because that's something that I definitely think I've struggled with um, more through high school. Because um, I definitely I got my first smartphone beginning of high school and. I, I'm, I'm glad I got it, but at the same time, like everybody, I wow. think yeah. you, you get addicted to it yeah. and, um, it definitely has become, uh, attention stealer, uh, from I think me. it's an addiction, man. Like yeah. straight up that constant dopamine you get from whatever you're doing on your phone mm-hmm. is the same kind of dopamine you're getting from like actual drug users who are really addicted to it. It's the not obviously not like health wise the same, but maybe who knows? We got to look. Yeah. It's still really recent. You yeah. don't know the long term effects yet. Pretty pretty relatively recent. Yeah. Yeah. So, all that phone is very much addictive in my opinion. I know. Just this week, I I left my phone here at Mallory's house, and I was without a phone for like two days. During those two days, I couldn't play music in my car. Right. So I could just, I just had to listen to the world around me, listen to the cars driving, who's talking, horns honking, etc. Just felt more connected to the present, to yeah. where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that the, the phones definitely have become a source of kind of content upchuck. You're yeah. constantly consuming things um, without taking the, the world around you um, mm-hmm. into view and that's something that I, I I feel I want to kind of change. I want to be more um, in the present, but it's tough because I I love listening to music. I love yeah. watching movies. I love um, playing video games, and um, you. I think you got to just find a balance between um, doing things that you enjoy and still being aware of uh, of this world. We can't take yeah, for granted, man. Yeah, and aware of the how much time you're putting into that kind of stuff and how much time you're putting into being with other people and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, that, that's cool. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited that you're in that with me. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm thinking of just like making some videos wherever I can. I don't know for this first thing where we have to observe. I like, okay. So for the audience, we're in a group chat, right? Uh, Alex briefly explained it also early on, but Basically, today or whatever, we just have to be more observant to your daily commutes, to somewhere you usually end up going. Just actually pay attention to where you are. Live in the present. Notice something new in something that has become mundane. Exactly. Yeah, and that's I'm excited for that, honestly. Yeah. When I drive to work, I'm going to like, okay, where have I seen all the time but not gone to? Mm-hmm. And where I work is a restaurant. And the restaurant's right next to a strip club. So maybe I have an excuse now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be real observant once you get into work. Like, man, head up in the group chat. Wow, guys, you can't believe what I observed today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. I did not know that. Yeah, I don't have anywhere that I commute to on a daily basis because mm-hmm. I, I don't work. Um, right. But uh, I think... Uh, maybe I'll go go on a walk, sort of around my neighborhood. Man, and, uh, just go to go to Grossmont. Check out yeah, what you might have missed true. out. I I've been meaning to go back and just walk the campus for mm-hmm. months now. I definitely need to do it before I leave because I haven't. I think I was on campus 
maybe a couple times right after COVID was like getting real bad. And I just yeah. kind of went back because I, I missed it, you know, yeah. <laughs> I missed being on campus. But since then I haven't really just walked the campus. It's in a different. Long time. Yeah. I was just there on, I want to say Sunday, Monday? no, I think it was Friday or Saturday, whatever. And just to help clean up the theater, the new theater space at least. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing that. I was just like, wow. It's like, this place, I forgot, like, for being there for four years, yeah, A, it's definitely changed, at least in the front, but, like, just, wow, like, paying attention to everything I spent these four years of crucial developmental time in my being, it's, dang. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's kind of very nostalgic now. Yeah, I'm sure it just feels totally different, mm-hmm. apart from just... Like, doesn't feel like mine anymore like, yeah exactly because mm-hmm. i mean we're different people than when we left oh yeah high school for real like almost two years no uh, a year and a half ago yeah um because of like covid so yeah i'm i definitely want to do that uh before i leave Good. so i gotta figure out a time to do that <laughs> <between the> packing <laughs> Just walk around for a bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. See whatever new gum is on the floor. Yeah. For the day. <laughs> say say a final goodbye to all of the uh, the trash that's probably on campus now that people are there in person yeah. again. Till this day. Yeah. Trash probably been there since COVID. Probably. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, gosh. It's a lot of interesting nooks and crannies. Not even at our high school, but just everywhere. Honestly, just like everywhere you go, there's always something special. Everything's special in its own little ways, and it you gotta pay attention to that. Yeah. Stop and smell the roses. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. I think we can end it there. Yeah, yeah I, I think right. so. So it's been a good podcast. Uh, summarizing this one, it's going to be pretty good. Uh, we were consistent, I feel like. I had a podcast yesterday that was very much all over the place. That was... It's going to be hell to summarize that one when it comes, <laughs> but uh, this one was good. It was nice talking to you, man. Yeah, it was good talking to you, too. Thank good. you very much for having me. Of course. And for everyone else listening, you know... Have a good life and be kind to everyone.